Hello and good evening. Welcome to another episode of Between the Presets, a podcast by me, Rudy Stetner, that comes out every Monday evening. Here is the place where anything that can be said in polite company is fair game for discussion, even if it occasionally offends. Let's roll. Good evening. It is Monday, the 4th of Adar Aleph, the first Adar. 5784, the evening of the 12th of February, 2024. When I say the first Adar, uh, one of the interesting features of the Jewish calendar is that we have leap years in which not an extra day, but an extra month is added to bring the lunar-based Jewish calendar in sync with the uh, solar calendar so that the holidays, all Jewish holidays, fall out in the proper season. Very interesting calendric feature. Uh, Seven times in every 19-year cycle, there is a month added. That's why if you, you know, are... Jewish holidays fall out on a different day on the English calendar every year. And uh, that's one of the reasons why. There's a couple of other months on our calendar that are also variable. I find it endlessly fascinating how different nationalities, different religious groups mark the passage of time. Uh... Before I start on uh, one of my topics, I just want to express my deep gratitude to the Almighty and to the um, Israeli Defense Forces uh, in their successful operation to free two hostages. I think what I found the most um, heartening about their release is that the language was clear in discussing it. It was not done as a prisoner exchange, which I think is an outrageous expression. It was done as freeing of hostages. And I do not think that they should ever talk with um, uh, Israel's enemies in Gaza about a prisoner exchange. If any negotiations are conducted rather than military operations, or hopefully uh, Hamas surrender, it should be phrased as ransoming hostages. How on earth a baby or a child, non-combatant, or an elderly person, or whatever, could be considered on a par with somebody who was serving serving time in uh, prison for murder. That that is just an act of moral acrobatics, which just boggles my mind. So I am deeply grateful for this. I just before I go any further. Uh, I wanted to express my 
deep thanks and gratitude to the Almighty and to those who uh, participated in the rescue operation and prepared for it. May God continue to strengthen them. Uh, my wife uh, prepared a dessert that is made and that uh, is made after Shabbat, Friday night to Saturday night, or Friday um, sundown to Saturday night. My mother used to make it. It's called bread pudding. Now, there are certain recipes which they may uh, fly under one name, but there are many different uh, recipes. For instance, a minestrone, a vegetable soup, could take many different forms. Borscht, that could take many different forms, and it's... Um, um, it's like a soup commonly made with beets, although I understand the variations are endless. Then there's something called solyanka. It's a uh, Russian recipe where you get vegetables, you get uh, tomato sauce, it, you could have meat, fish, um, you could have a vegetarian solyanka. I guess you could call it a stew, but no two solyankas are alike. So uh, this recipe, which I also ate growing up, is called bread pudding. Now, what does one do with bread pudding? One takes uh, leftover bread. Uh, in this case, it was fresh baked bread. So you're talk starting with a very high level of quality. Uh, mix it with apples, um, cinnamon, um, whatever spices you want, sugar, uh, or not. And then, uh, raisins is a common additive. Uh, eggs are an option, or you could go vegan and not have eggs at all. And then you one bakes this delightful mixture in an oven. And this week we had no leftover bread uh, sitting looking lonely in the refrigerator. It was all baked into a bread pudding. It was truly delicious. Uh, my wife used uh, pumpkin-flavored almond milk or oat milk it was, yeah. And that added a really nice balance of uh, spices to the whole mix. And uh, it's Tuesday evening, and I don't think there's any left. Now, this is not a cooking podcast, so why would I mention a recipe? Because... Bread pudding is not just a food. It is not just something served on the dinner table. It is actually related to the cycle of structured and spontaneous prayers, which are 
woven into the fabric not only of Jews, but I think of uh, other believers as well. How does that work? Uh, one of the things I pray for, I think most people do, is not, uh, um, not only it comes, we're talking like three different categories of prayer, health, wealth, and uh, joy from family, from children, from spouse, what have you. So it's very common to pray for success on the job, um, unexpected financial windfalls like uh, a lottery ticket turning up as a winner or stock going up and leaving one in good shape. But one thing that occurred to me years ago is that just knowing what one has is extremely important. I remember one time it was like the day before payday and there was like jingle jangle in my bank account and I found a $20 bill in a pair of pants that I almost never wore. I had that $20 all along, but I didn't know I had it. And finding it after many years of maybe months, maybe years of not knowing I had it was as good as receiving it as a gift. And that led me to uh, subsequently, if I was praying to get through a lean pay cycle or something like that, it led to me saying, uh, God, before I ask you for anything, please make me aware of what I already have. So how does that apply to bread pudding? One thing you hear in many households is, uh, I got to go to the grocery store. There's nothing to eat here. And quite often there is leftover challah, leftover braided loaves of homemade braided loaves of bread. I'm translating it into uh, common English. Leftovers after Shabbat. And by taking leftovers, that could be apples that are a bit old, that could be bread that, uh, you know, is not as fresh, and baking it into something that starts over or new. It starts like as a nice, fresh, uh, what I called growing up, bread pudding. It's a way of saying, uh, thank you, God, for something that you, you gave us this brought this to our kitchen Friday afternoon and here it is it's already Tuesday and it is feeding us still and we for that we are thankful this recipe is a physical embodiment of uh, before I ask for more let me make use of what I have let me be aware of what I have and since everything one does is seen, 
by the Almighty, occasionally by our neighbors as well. This is our way of saying, uh, I'm, we made use of what you gave us. We Not only did we make use of it, we did so with gratitude and enjoyment. Indeed, bread pudding is a consciousness-raising food. It also reflects the continued influence of Shabbat, of the Sabbath, the commemorative day of rest upon the whole week. It brings it to a physical level. I mentioned this to an Iranian Jewish friend of mine, and he said this entire idea of um, uh, taking uh, foods and structuring them into meditations upon um, spiritual and ethical concepts is something that both Jews and Muslims do in Iran. Preparing a food, uh, eating a food, and uh, reflecting upon the spiritual uh, spiritual lessons embodied in it. Uh, another thing that I like to eat and uh, reflect upon is salmon. Salmon has an unusual lifestyle, uh, life cycle. Uh, most fish are either freshwater fish or saltwater fish. Uh, salmon, that is to say in the wild, start out in fresh water, swim upstream, and I think they spawn and lay their eggs in um, salt water. But, and in order to do that, in order to complete their life cycle, they have to swim upstream. And there seems to be an ethical imperative there that sometimes one has to go out of one's comfort zone. One can't just go with the flow and stay where one is. Sometimes one has to go against the flow, go against what seems uh, comfortable. And in so doing, one perpetuates the species. One defines oneself as a living being because a salmon that is just carried downstream away from the ocean is not long for this world, is soon going to die. There's a very famous uh, picture, by the way, related to that, of um, one of these, there were many photographs of uh, Nazi rallies in Nazi Germany, like in the 1930s and 40s, where the crowds are wildly applauding uh, Adolf Hitler as he's speaking and there's one photograph of a particular individual who thankfully survived the war who while everyone else was applauding hysterically he stood there with a stone-faced expression on his face with his arms crossed 
to make it clear that not only was he not clapping, but he was not with the general flow. And uh, that that takes a lot of guts, right? To, you know, there's sometimes politics, sometimes uh, uh, public life is more a matter of a fashion statement than, uh, you know, a, a thoughtful reflection on how the country should be going. And uh, that picture of this... Uh, guy standing with his arms crossed at a, at a, you know, lively Nazi rally. Very touching. There was also a, uh, a film. It's in the public domain now. I'm, I'd be amazed if you could not find it on um, YouTube called Birdman of Alcatraz. And what is that? It's about a guy, I think his name was Robert Stroud. They took considerable fictitious liberties in covering it. But basically it was a guy who, um, he was in Alcatraz, which was like uh, impossible to escape from. It was reserved for the worst of the worst prisoners. And why do they call him Birdman? Because he used to... Um, uh, take in birds into his cell that had been, um, you know, injured or fallen from the nest or something. And he used to like nurse them to health. And there was a scene where there was a prison riot. Everybody else was running around going crazy. And, uh, Robert Stroud or the dramatization, dramatized version of him just sat in his cell. Uh, oblivious to the general pandemonium and just continued caring for his birds. And that became a kind, kind of a metaphor for not going with a crowd. That theme is also stressed in To Kill a Mockingbird. It was a story about a... Um, um, black man who was accused of a uh, capital offense against a uh, white woman. And at that point in the American South, uh, it was in parts of the American South, it was very difficult to get a fair trial. But this lawyer played by Gregory Peck in To Kill a Mockingbird went against the flow. He uh, defended this uh man who uh, was innocent and uh, incurred the disdain and wrath of the town in which he lived. Now, the man in the at the Hitler rally with arms crossed, uh, the Birdman of Alcatraz, and uh, Gregory Peck in the movie uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, all represent this going against the flow, against not being swayed by the popular hysteria and uh, doing what is right. It can also mean not being bribed. It's very common for the political party in power to hand out, uh, hand out goodies, you know. Uh, stimulus checks could be one form. Uh, increased uh, 
government entitlements, what have you. So one needs not only to uh, resist popular trends, intellectual fads, but also to resist uh, being bribed. We as citizens, uh, if the election is uh, conducted fairly and uh, honestly, are a jury that is judging our leaders every every four years in the case of the president, every two years in the case of the House of Representatives, and every six years for the Senate. And we should be taking that very seriously. Now that's in the political sphere. There are opportunities to swim against the tide in the uh, in the workplace, uh, in in our neighborhood, good qualities. And when you're eating your salmon, that stubborn fish that in the wild swims upstream, uh, it's good to reflect on that. You could probably do an entire book of cookbook meditations because uh, what we eat and the uh, nature around us has embedded into it so many lessons. And um, I wrap this up, wishing you all a good week, a blessed week. Uh, we're expecting a storm uh, in the tri-state area, tri-state being New York, New Jersey, I guess Pennsylvania. A Strong reminder that uh, we are not uh, as technologically advanced as we are. Uh, you know, the wet, we cannot with full accuracy predict the weather. And uh, we can't just uh, switch it off or shut it out. So let's hope everybody makes it uh, safely through the storm and I thank, again, I thank you all for listening. This wraps up another weekly episode of Between the Presets. I thank you all for the pleasure of sharing with me my weekly muse. Whatever platform you access, hitting like, subscribe, or leaving a comment is much appreciated. My email address is the winter riders at gmail.com the winter riders at gmail.com until next week adio which in some african languages means born on monday or be righteous and closely resembles adios in spanish <laughs>